All right, because three is a crowd, I am here today in lovely, sunny, temperate South Dakota, and Kelly is coming to us from the desert wasteland that used to be Portland, Oregon. She used to be in a podcast closet, but that closet's probably melted away. <laughs> Kelly, how are you Portland, doing Oregon. out there? It is a hundred. It's going to be one hundred and thirteen degrees today as we record. Yeah, it's a it's a podcast coffin now, um, mm, but. Mm. Yeah, so right now it's only 90, so uh, the high today is 113. Um, Yesterday was 108 or something like that. Uh, Yeah, Uh, record, yep. Yeah, I had a full mental breakdown. Uh, You would. We have have like a a portable room air conditioner, um, but Stacia's parents were over yesterday, so we were trying to be in the living room, and that is not... My living room and dining room and hallway are all one big open room, and my air conditioner is only supposed to be for like 250 square feet, and all combined, it's probably like twice that. Um, So it was basically useless. So as soon as her parents left, uh, which they stayed way longer than I thought they would, I uh, turned into a full psychotic and started hammering plastic sheets into the ceiling and like blocking off the kitchen in the hallway. Uh, and that worked. Uh, it helped a lot. It, it did, definitely cooled it down a little bit. It was probably like only 80 degrees in the house, like 85, something like that. Uh, so considerably cooler than it was outside. But uh, right before we were going to bed, uh, I just was trying to make sure everything was tight for the like sealed up for the night and like started ripping down from the ceiling. And I just like lost my fucking all the plastic sheeting. So I lost my mind complete like door slamming things throwing rage screaming lost my mind because i just like i i do not do well in the heat as is but there's just no relief right it's like you can't go outside because it's way too hot but at least if you have one cold room and that was our plan was to put the air conditioner in a smaller room we have an office that it's like perfect we're gonna like sleep in there and live in there but since our parents were here it was like we couldn't all cram in there i mean we could have we should have but so we fucked up so by the end of the day it was too hot in the office to try to put the air in there would have been a moot point so uh, yes, yeah, so we just tucked it out in the living room, but yeah, I couldn't, there was just no way to get cool, man. But now the second we woke up, I woke up at like six 30 and I moved the air conditioner into the office. So now the office is a little cool zone. And if you stay in there for a minute or two, then you like can calm, cool down enough to like venture out to do your mish and then go back to the cool room. So we gotta, That's we good. gotta get this going. All that to say, this is going to be a quick episode. No, uh, tangents. That's not true. It's going to be just as long and meandering as, as always, but I will melt slowly but surely throughout the episode. (laughs) Not this time. The coffin will not take you, Kelly. Uh, This is not a podcast about global climate change. This is not a podcast about our impending doom. That's not what this podcast is, Kelly. This podcast is about a boomer and his name. uh, Is he a boomer? I think he's pre-boomer. No, he's 41. No, pre-boomer. So this is a podcast about pre-boomer Bob Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) He's a musician in case you didn't know. Uh, Kelly and I, we pick a song every week at random and we get together and we talk about it and we're going to do it this time, sort of, because as you heard, this is going to be a quick one. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the numerical nickname of Craig Michael Jones, the second longest surviving member of a little band out of Iowa called Slipknot. And this week (gasps) we listen to Emotionally Yours off of 1985's Empire Burlesque. I really shouldn't be drinking hot coffee right now. I don't have anything witty to say. It's too hot. Baby, show me, show me you know me, tell me you're the one. I could be learning, you could be yearning to see behind the 
What? So what did? What is his? What? His name is one thirty. His name is one thirty three. Apparently. Oh. He's he's the sampler and the keyboardist. He's he got on after mate feed kill and repeat. Oh, he's that the guy record. that. So he's been there. Wore the big like the pinhead hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's that guy. And then after, uh, what is his name? Joey Jordanson or whatever. Mm-hmm. When he left, um, he's the number two. I assume after our main dude. Corey. He's probably number one. So Corey, yeah. Mm-hmm. I assume Corey was there at the beginning, right? So yeah, he's probably number one. But he apparently is number two, but he also used to go by the stage name number five. So it's very confusing as to mm-hmm. why are you number five and one thirty three? I don't understand it. So huh. Kelly, we spent the entire week this week in hell listening to really, I mean, watching the good place with my grandma over these past couple of weeks. I'm thinking this song could really do a lot of damage to someone <laughs> if they were looking to be tortured. Mm-hmm. We in hell listened to a song by Bob Dylan that we've heard before and we made fun of before. And we'll talk a little bit more about it. Emotionally yours, Kelly, what was your, um, what do you remember from before? How did it hit you this week in hell? Yeah, I was trying to think while I was being assaulted every time it came on in the playlist uh if i remember this yeah. and i i totally don't dude i have the shittest memory it's just like more and more examples all the time station and i were talking yesterday about like while we were traveling some something and i was like nope don't remember that at all not even a little i was like cool all those fun things i did they're gone forever out of my ginkgo brain. biloba you need some ginkgo biloba maybe, maybe but yeah no i definitely don't remember listening to this before um it's terrible yeah this was terrible it was uh, really unfortunate and very hard even with the playlist it's like you know it's gonna happen again so it's just yeah. like kind of this anxiety coupled with, yeah, just a terribly hot week. My hair is enormous. Everything is bad. And this song is bad. <laughs> you definitely have a Bob Dylan 60s it's vibe. Too big. Hair is just it's growing. so big. I guess big. mine's growing too. It's just like, no, thank you. Uh, context before we start and quickly end. Um, this was recorded, demoed in, on the 12th of February. Oh, February. That sounds nice and cool. Um, February 12th, 1985. It was recorded, of course, on Valentine's Day in 1985. Gross. Um, <laughs> I don't think that was on purpose, but, you know, it probably fucking was in some weird way. Um, Cherokee Studios out out in Los Angeles. Um, it, it's on the record. And uh, that's pretty much it. Um, so, yeah, on the 14th. And it was overdubbed with Richard Sear doing the synthesizer and Bashiri Johnson on percussion in March of 1985 in New York. Um, we've got Mike Campbell. Howie Epstein of the Heartbreakers, so a bunch of Heartbreakers here. Uh, Vince Melamed on keyboards and Don Heffington on drums for this song. Definitely more of a rocky song instead of... Uh, but again, we have the synth. So, And again, the synth was added after. Ugh, it's just a nightmare. This song was only performed 19 times total, mostly in 1986 after the record came out. But he played it twice in 1993, inflicting upon Portland and Seattle... <gasps> what the heat is currently doing out there right now, which is torture. So Kelly, before we get to the video, we're going to leave the video to the end because it's definitely the best bit of all of this. We're going to talk about the song, just very overviewy. What did you think about if we're trying to be generous at all? Is there anything good about the song? Is instrumentation? Is it good? Is Bob's voice good? (laughs) Is there anything that you like? And if you want to compare it directly to the OJ's version um, I went and watched their um, the 30th anniversary concert for Bob Dylan. Um, they performed this song there, and it is fire. Like, they huh. were probably the best performance of the day. It's great. It's like a seven-minute, like, full or- full um, full choir, you know. And even their, their recorded version is not that bad. No. I- um, it took me a minute to even 
see that it was the same song. Oh, 100%. I mean, it was the only way I could really listen to the song was to their version. I was really glad it was on there. And it was, I didn't know that it was a cover, but like as I was listening to it, I was like, huh, I'm pretty sure these are the same words. Did they cover this or is this their song somehow? I mean, it sounded 90s. So I was like, it, it, they had to have been after. So I kind of pieced together that it was a cover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was the only way to get through it. I mean, it's, it is perfect 90s early 90s like r&b adult contemporary great like for that genre i think it's a it's a great song this bob dylan song however yeah it's terrible is there a good part well i mean the, the synth the synth is so bad the way that that little melody which is really interesting because the oj's kept that little melody that dun, 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 that they put it in the song and they softened it and they made it sound good they made it sound like an instrument it was so nice but that sound to me i i had a like a i don't think it was a yamaha because it might have been a yamaha, but i had some kind of keyboard as a kid that had all those preloaded sounds and all kinds of synths and stuff right and it just sounds like a dog barking to me, like a robot dog barking. Yeah. Like there's like, I'm pretty sure there was a dog barking sound on that sure. keyboard. So that's all I can hear. And it's just really, really bad. Um, the piano, and I don't think it was, but the piano sounds out of tune at times. And it like really, it's like that nauseating feeling for me where it's just like something doesn't fit. It's like the sandpaper ear thing it's terrible but i i can't tell if it's actually that the piano is out of tune or if it's just because the synth and the other electronic Im- instruments around i'm not 100 that the drums were not a, an e-kit either i think i don't know they were really weird so um but yeah it might have been everything around it making the piano sound out of tune when in reality it wasn't but yeah, there are certainly a couple of parts where either there is a note wrong in one of those chords or it's just out of tune but it's really really bad and really noticeable um the, yeah, I hate Bob's voice throughout the whole thing. I hate the lyrics. Uh, yep, it's way too long <laughs> uh, for for being such a short lyrically song. It's so long, um, four and a half minutes, which is on the the not necessarily the longest side for Bob Dylan for sure. But it felt very long. I will say the only bright so- spots are probably even though I just bagged on the synth so much, there is a part during the bridge where it gets almost cool 80 synth. It like almost gets there, but then it just with Bob's voice and everything else going on, it ruins it. But it like, <laughs> you know, that cool like eighties vibe where people, yeah, especially oh yeah. now that's such a thing. Like the weekend uses that kind of stuff all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Churches, all that, like it almost gets to that cool eighties vibe, but it doesn't because this song is terrible. It's like my whole life never Um, but and also the very end, there's a couple times throughout the song, uh, whoever's playing the electric guitar, they, they do some cool harmonics that like ding dong dong. That's like the harmonics on the guitar. I like that little sound. Yeah. Uh, and then the solo at the end's fine. It's totally, totally fine. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I mean, I thought about you in the video, especially him playing. I'm like, yeah, Kelly, you could get down. Yeah, I was like, I could maybe probably, I could do that. I could probably maybe do that. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think the bridge is like the only part that I like genuinely like, not only lyrically but also sound wise. It's like. You know, every song on this record is pretty much the verse, verse, bridge, chorus, you know, verse, chorus, whatever. You know, that, that's sort of set up uh, three verses and a bridge. I mean, it's very simple, and he's done that before. It's not 
yeah, obviously not unique. That's pretty much the basis for a pop song. Yeah. Uh, but this one definitely was not going to be that good. Yeah, we, we talked about this back in episode 66, which was our episode on Empire Burlesque. So we only flittered over top of it. But um, just to reiterate, uh, my notes from that are exactly what you said, which is at the point in the album, it was a breath of fresh air to hear the piano. And then all of a sudden we get those dumb gated reverb again. And it, you know, drove me especially crazy at the time because I was fucking pissed. And the emotionally yours is terrible. Um, I quoted Clinton Halen and, and Michael Gray bagging on the song. So I definitely want to revisit that in a moment. But I, you know, my other notes were, uh, please stop saying come baby, number one. So that's, you have to stop that. <laughs> Um, the organ is subtle, but like it just doesn't ever reach the point where you like you got to go full in. And I know it's weird to ask someone in 85 to go full in on the 80s sound that doesn't fully exist yet as a nostalgia memory. So it's it, it sucks because it's in that fucking liminal state that will ne- it will never leave it because it can't it can't transcend it. Unless he played it live today with a cool 80s sound and he revisits the whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you can save the song in a sense. Uh, the way the OJs like made it a perfectly palatable song. You know, you're not going to look into that and think too deeply about it because it's a dumb song. But at least they made it fun to fucking listen to. Yes. This song is not fun. And at the time for Empire Burlesque, as I do with every album, um, I was doing thumbs down in this case because it was one of our first. But I have two thumbs down touching the floor at this point. <laughs> and my status update was guilt. Um, I guess we were doing a, a ten, t- 10 stages, 12 stages of grief or something. Maybe. So I think I'm at the guilt stage at this point. Um, yeah, the first thing you want to do for me is filter out the come baby. Bob Dylan should never say the word come and baby together. Yeah, lyrically, this song is pretty much a, a bag of cliches. Like, there's nothing going on here. You know, do, do you see a, anything going on? No. Anything interesting at all? No. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, remind, you know, remind me where we once become, where we, where we, where I once begun, where I, you have to remind me of where I be where I begun, which is pretty bad. And then like, I could be yearning. You could be yearning. I could be learning. You could be yearning from behind closed doors. Like what the fuck does that mean? I mean like, why, why do you want to just open the door? You want to see behind closed doors. Like just open. Well, I see. I think it's all just like sexy time, right? It's all just like little metaphors before they're all, they're just doing it through the whole song. And except for when he's sad because he's away, but he's still there doing sexy time in his head. Oh, so he's like kind of gone. Yeah. Rock me, lock me. Yeah. In the shadows of your heart. What is that a metaphor for? Who knows? Um, yeah. And the bridge is the only part I liked and it's still kind of dumb. You know, it's, it's like my whole <laughs> life never happened when I see you. It's like, I never had a thought. I know this dream. It might be crazy, but it's the only one I've got. I kind of like that. That's not, that's not so bad. That's at yeah. least like, t- that's like a, a sentence altogether, which I like. I like when Bob makes a whole verse out of just like a, one run on sentence. That's good. Cause the other ones are just like, I have to say, rock me, lock me, teach me, reach me, take me, shake me, hold me, help me. Like you just have to do these stupid rhymes just to make it work. Um, and then, you know, it ends with some stupid stuff. Like I'm um, hold me, help me. My arms are wide open. And I'm like, nobody wants to hold somebody less than when someone like is like this. I mean, I don't know. You want to hold them? Like my arms are out wide, I guess for a hug or something, but I mean, what are you doing? If somebody's going in for a hug and you just stay that way, I think you just stay that way. I mean, talk about uncomfortable, especially if you're having sex right in that moment and you're like, come in (laughs) and it's like, Oh, I'm not going to, I said, come in. That was bad. Um, And then at the end, I mean, then it ends with like a classic Bob Dylan. Like, what are we talking about? I could be unraveling whenever I'm traveling, even to foreign shores. Like, why are we talking about foreign shores? I don't know. Maybe Bob Dylan listened to The Cure and he was like, however far 
is a, okay. I could Better do something song. with this. I will always be same, same, same exact. <laughs> oh God, I can be just as popular as the Cure is. Yeah, yeah, that's what he thought. That's what everybody mm-hmm. probably thought. You know, just mm-hmm. have Bob take on that style or something. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bad. But Kelly, you know, we're ragging on this song pretty hard, but we do live in a world of duality, right? So there are people, of course, that love this song. And I like to do this from time to time on the show because it highlights something that we like to talk about a lot, or especially for me, which is um, the insanity of Bob Dylan fandom, especially with songs that are just noticeably terrible. Um, People like this song? But to present both sides of the debate, Kelly, because that's what we here do at this show Mm -hmm. is we present both sides. We're going to start off with uh, a scholar and a a shade master extraordinaire, Michael Gray. He says about the song, quote, what does the title emotionally yours signify? Bullshit and sludge. There's nothing alert, sparky, or culturally elusive here. No deft particularity, no particularity at all. It makes no comment other than by default, since anyone with a modicum of alertness to language themselves will be warned off by the clumsy untruth at its ponderous core. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> you got to love it. Uh, but I want to present to you, uh, I can't call him a Dylan Scholar because I don't know much about the Thornbirds that I found on a Lyric website from 2009. He wrote about this song. He, I assume he, I gendered the Thornbirds. One word, the Thornbirds. Uh, this person said, quote, Bob Dylan is a messianic shaman of the soul. I can't think of one other artist as direct through indirectness as he is. This song perfectly showcases his talents as a mediator between the human world and the spirit world. It's almost a craze repent to a woman who was always there with a warm cup of soup when he got home. And he'd been out shagging a billion busty maidens. And when he finally shows... And when she finally saw how terrible he was, she went, I'm splitting. But this would be an infinite regress. He's howling like the blues and rocking the hearts of thousands to this day. True magic, Mr. Dylan. Wondrous melody. Okay. Are are they saying, but that lady was a dumb bitch because he's awesome. <laughs> Should have just let him keep cheating What's the on soup? Her? What's the soup? That's what I want to know. Like, what? Who? Does does your wife leave have soup ready for you when you come home? Why do you want soup? I don't know. <laughs> soup of all things is very funny. Do you need anything? I yes, I need it a lot, but you have nothing for me. I can already see. No, I got. I brought soup. No, I don't want soup. You think? Oh, as I fight for my life, you think I want drinking food? It's chunky. No, you're chunky. What the hell? <laughs> um. Yeah, so if you want to listen to us uh, talk about more, I quoted a couple more times in our episode on Empire Burlesque, so episode 66, you can go back and listen to that. Uh, but Kelly, you know, I think the jury's out on whether this song is good or bad. I mean, we we heard both sides here. So uh, the only way I think we can figure this out, though, is to talk about what we're all here for, which is the music video. Yay! This was recorded at the same time as a music video we talked about a year or two ago. I think it was in the eighties. The episode was, so I think it was actually right after like Rolling Stone. So I think 88 is the number. Uh, so episode 88, I think we did when the night comes falling from the sky. He filmed that video at the same time that he filmed this video. I'm not surprised. Now you can tell because the, the set is the same. The band is gone. All of the awkward motioning is gone and everyone's gone home except for Bob sitting in this place. That is a uh, rundown uh, is made to look like it's rundown. 
and is uh, is difficult. So it was filmed on the 22nd of August, 1985. The director is uh, Marcus Innocenti and Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics. Oh. Um, they put the whole thing together. Um, there's also a guy named Eddie Arlo who worked on the last one. Uh, he's not credited, but he was here because they filmed it all together. And I think him and Innocenti are, you know, because they were sort of, I, I would assume, collaborating on the two videos in the same location. They probably talked to one another, as we'll kind of see. But, uh, Kelly, you remember When the Night Comes Falling oh, from yes. the Sky. Hard to forget. What, uh, which one's better? What, what, do, what are you feeling? Uh, yeah, which one do you prefer? I don't know, man. I, I think When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky is so funny because it's so stupid. Like the 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 people fighting in the crowd and then like weird, just you know the guitar jabs. Yeah, and we have this woman who's like in the crowd, right? And then she like leaves because she's upset. Now, is that a connective tissue to this song? That's the thing I don't understand. And maybe I should have rewatched. Yeah, and then maybe, I comes, because maybe it's the I same girl. I mean, I guess that would play out because it is shit. Well, we probably fucked up there. We have to know the okay. continuity. We have to know the continuity at this point. I forgot they're like on a tour bus for a minute. <laughs> this song's so dumb. I, I mean, I would rather listen to When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky a thousand times before listening to this one more time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, absolutely. That song fucking slaps. So does Tight Connection to My Heart. I would much rather listen to those songs than any of this. Oh, shit. the guitar jab. I mean, I keep getting her in profile. I need a, I need a straight on view. Come on, show her. Now I just want to listen to the, when the night comes falling from the sky. When the night comes falling from the sky. God damn it. Stop m- making out with the mic. Oh, oh, oh. Hang on. I think it may be the same lady. I'm going to double check here. I got to find fucking spinning ghost lady. Hang on. <laughs> fucking it, weirdo. Bob, why are you like this? This is the research people come for, Kelly. This is what we do here. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's the same woman. I'm checking. It's tough. I'm watching her swing on the swing. It's a weird angle. Oh, here she's running down the street, obviously. Yeah. Slow motion, though, for you. Spoiler. So that's good. All this good content. Uh, uh, skip, 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 skip. Show her from the show. We're hanging. Weirdly from the sky. There we go. Oh, yeah. From the swing. There we go. <laughs> Let me see that ghostly visage. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. The ghostly I visage. think it's the same woman. I, it, You hmm. already have the same set. You already pay these people for the day. There's absolutely no reason to get another woman in here. Who needs another woman around? Am I right? So, all right. I'm going to say definitively it's the same woman. Now, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> So after all that research, Kelly, we've determined that it is the same girl. Let's let's return to her in a second. Um, we need to start with the photographs on the floor. I think just for just to go through the video as we watched it live. Do you know who's in the photo? It's the lady, isn't it? No, it's not what? the lady. Who is it? It is Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, why? It is her character, Angela Vickers, in the 1951 movie, A Place in the Sun. What the fuck? Yeah. So she's at the back end of it, and she's credited on the video as Angela Vickers, who is the character from that movie. Which, can you imagine somebody watching that movie and being like, oh, there's a, con- there's a connection to what? Bob Dylan? Weird. Um, there were rumors that they were an item. 
uh, and you can uh, Google, Google them kissing at a at an award ceremony in the 1980s. I mean, they seem oh. to be just having fun with it. Um, but we we have heard Elizabeth Taylor before. He, she was in the song 100 episodes exactly ago, episode 33. I shall be free. He sings about making love to Elizabeth Taylor, right, catching yeah. hell from Richard Burton. Um, so yeah, so a fun random Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor reference for no discernible reason, except that they might've been boning when this video was like being made. He was like, yeah, just pop it in. Whatever. I never, I just assumed absolutely it was that girl. I thought it was the girl. Now we leave Elizabeth Taylor and we go right to Bob Dylan sitting on a bench. Now for me, this is like, I thought this was genuinely going to be the entire video was him sitting on that bench. And I was like, fuck this so hard. Um, I also thought, bro, don't sit on the edge of the bench, man. Like I know he's not a big guy, but like, you're going to fall off, man. We've fallen off with less. I've fallen off <laughs> tiny chairs like that. What are we doing? He's on a piano bench. I know, but like, are they really that sturdy? Yeah. Yeah, piano benches four, are solid. Yeah, okay. he'll be fine. Well, he was fine, as, as it turned out. I mean, yeah. he might have fallen, and they were like, we're not going to do use that take. And Bob's like, please, just anything for some action in this video. Um, when Bob Dylan stares at the camera and says, tell me you're the one, um, is chilling, but like in a serial killer type of way. <laughs> There's a lot in the mix of this song, like with all this overdubbing, every time he goes back, it just like erodes something. And so I was trying so hard. I was like covering my ears, trying to pick up all this stuff. There's definitely a moment or two in the song where there's a backup singer so faintly. And I was like, where the fuck did that come from? And it's just like this mm. ghost is the theme, I guess. It's just like this little ghostly, chorus effect for a second and then it goes away yeah i can't pick up an acoustic guitar in this song sans maybe one or two spots but the whole time i was watching this i'm like he is changing chords on the beat but what he is playing is just straight eighth notes he's just playing jing 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 and changing the chords it would sound okay but it would not sound like this song. If somebody was doing that in this song, and God, I'm surprised it's not in there because let's just add another layer of bullshit. It would fit, but it it's not what's happening. So I don't understand. He's literally sitting in front of a piano, which he can play, he which does. is in the song, but he's playing the guitar. And in the most awkward way possible that your wrist would be totally fucked afterwards. Oh, so sure. I, I just don't understand any of that. I want to bring that up. A better person who had more time, who was not in 100 degree heat, would have watched this video enough times to see the chord changes and figure out exa- and play it. That was my idea is to play the song as he's playing it in the video. But then it was 100 degrees, Daniel. Yeah, no, that's fine. We'll revisit that five years from now, Kelly, and I'll have you do that. <laughs> uh, at 145, all of a sudden, the, the music video does shift and we finally, I thought it was a clown up in the sky. Honestly, when I first saw yeah, her, right? what I was like, what is this fucking deathly clown? And I was like, this is going to be a great video. This is going to be very funny. Something's about to happen. And then it was like, no, this is just, it's supposed to be serious. Um, I don't know who she is to this day. So um, we, you know, just looked up when the night comes falling from the sky. So if it is the same actress, she might be credited there. She is not credited here. I couldn't find who she is. So I do not know who this woman is. Uh, however, there is a book that I found online called nothing to turn off the films and video of Bob Dylan from a guy named Vince, um, Farinacchio from 2013. He talks about a little bit about the making of this video. Now there's a character in Ronaldo and Clara, Bob Dylan's film called the woman in white. Sarah plays her and Joan Baez plays her. That's a story for another day, Kelly. But what people think is that Bob Dylan pitched an idea for like an update 
you know, 10 years on from the woman in white, this lady who's been in his films before being this person, right? This little, all these vignettes. Um, in his book, he says, quote, apparently this is the closest Dylan got to presenting his vision of the video. Once again, the odds were against the ideas against his ideas exclusively guiding the project. Columbia wanted an emphasis on a performance video, probably due to the failure of the tight connection to the heart project. Ah. Dylan's entourage felt the need to isolate the singer. Stewart, Dave Stewart, had his own ideas, and even Innocente and Eddie Arno, who did the Night Comes Falling from the Sky, felt strongly that their cons- for their concept for Emotionally Yours. Um, this is uh, Innocente. He says... Eddie and I had insisted on certain shots for Emotionally Yours, largely because I had an image of Dylan that I'd carried in my head for 19 years. Weirdly obsessed with me. God. In later years, uh, more footage has come out from the performance. I don't know if more footage has come out from the um, story, if there is one, which I do want to talk about very quickly uh, in a a moment. But I don't know if more has come out from that or it's just more performance stuff. Maybe there's more, you know, maybe more of a dynamic performance, maybe a piano performance to go and they chose the guitar. Who knows? I'm not quite sure. I don't really care to look it up. Maybe I'll look it up five years from now. Um, The image, though, I want to say is incredibly questionable. So this image, you're right. I mean, joking about have sex with me. I mean, I think that's a little bit of it. But he also stole everyone else's image. Like multiple times in the shot, Dylan's kind of got that afro going like you. And mm-hmm. the great his his first greatest hits album is one of the most iconic visions of Bob Dylan, which is a side profile with that big hair, you know, kind of the Afro type hair in that blue light. That was uh, Roland Sherman from November 28, 1965 in Washington, D.C., who filmed or not filmed, but who took those photos. That side profile is iconic. And I'm sorry, if your image was the side profile, too, you're just stealing other images from Bob Dylan. And if it's the woman in white and you're taking that, then it's another stolen image from a Bob Dylan song. Like, I just don't know what was unique about this song or what. I don't know. Like, how did you how do you even say anything about the song? Like, I have an image in my head and this is what I wanted to do, because, you know, um, Farinacchio says this video is not very good. And that's probably why Bob Dylan got disenchanted with the entire process. He doesn't make another video for another couple of years, you know, for the next album cycle, because he didn't seemingly have a good time and looking at the final results i'm not surprised like yeah it's not very good no and it's a lot of performance and maybe that was a thing back in the 80s but like i cannot see this being played on like mtv or anybody wanting to hear it yeah i don't know who was waiting for this to come back on the cycle right because they would play the same block of videos usually right. kind of right. on repeat so probably yeah, call no and say please don't yeah <laughs> please don't do that put madonna Anything on we but do this. not want this and that's the thing like we're at the end of the bob dylan as like the global superstar stage and that's fine and i think this video just shows how fucking tired it all is the entire act is just tired at this point yeah, I want to talk about the fucking the only story that we have, which I I laughed so hard at her on her on the rope swing oh my God. and Bob Dylan and her talking to each other and her running off and just Bob at the end, like shaking his head. And it's like all I can think is that they caught that footage of him just, you know, that's his own. That's Bob Dylan shaking his head. That wasn't even planned in the <laughs> script. He was yeah. just like, what am I doing with my fucking life? Yeah. So the woman is just seeing her the first appearance of her spinning a go- just a ghost in the corner of Bob Dylan's mind now i am curious and i think this is i god i hope this is what happened i think she's on ropes from the ceiling for that shot of her spinning holding her oh, coat okay. like that because i don't know how else 
I mean, they could obviously they could do some kind of trickery where they're in, sh- in like she's just standing on a platform that's slowly spinning, and then they insert yeah. the shot into the same shot. But I hope, and I also hope because part of the reason she's weirdly holding the collar of her jacket. Like uh, yeah, at first, yeah. I thought she was holding her neck. As if to say, like, right. she'd been strangled or she's... I hung that's, myself. Yeah, because yeah. that's what it looks like. But she's just holding the collar of her weird-ass fringe jacket. So I'm, like, hoping that maybe that's a way to kind of hide the wires a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. I got... I just love the idea of him in this dumb fucking warehouse set. And a woman is literally just spinning from the ceiling. I just, like, God, please let that be how it went down. <laughs> but uh, even if it wasn't, it's still pretty incredible and just, like, bonkers. Because you just have a guy on a piano bench playing a guitar and being sad and black and white. And then a fucking clown appears in the corner and slowly spins. And then cut to, yeah, same clown on this swing, which I've never really see, seen a swing like that. I mean, it's a, I guess you could do that. Why not? Just put a rope on a tree and just put a little bar there to like, okay. you ha- But why? She's This woman's clearly in her late 20s uh, and she's just swinging around just for, yeah, if not older. Just swinging around for fun. I mean, like, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't no. do it today. Like, I mean, I wouldn't even think to do it. I would walk by the swing, and maybe I've lost my innocence in my childhood, whatever. But you know what? Bob's lost his innocence. Well, okay, there. yeah. So it's like, okay, if she is the type of person who is even in her 30s, it's like, I'm just a manic pixie dream girl, and I'm just such a free spirit that I'm going to swing on this swing that's just here because I'm just so kooky. I'm just so, what is the word? Quirky. And people are watching, so I'm going to make sure yes, to be kooky. Yes, exactly. But then Bob is like, Hey, stop swinging on that swing. Stop having fun. I imagine because there's no word. This is my yard. Quit Get doing out of it. it. <laughs> yeah. And then she runs away hilariously in slow mo, like you mentioned. For a second, I was like, oh, is she about to get hit by a car? Is this about to get dark? Is that why she's a ghost in the sky? <laughs> but no. Yes. <laughs> Grabbing her own neck. Uh, but Somebody no. Somebody no. machetes her head off. Yeah. <laughs> that was added, unfortunately. Or Bob like, Dylan is her dad. I mean, have we? I mean, oh. we don't want to say that because Bob's supposed to be sexy. But what if Bob is the dad and is like, you need to get back to college. Stop with the swing shit. You need to let this swing go. I'm going to cut the fucking rope. It can't be his daughter because, come baby, Daniel, it cannot. It cannot. Oh. So so I was like, God, how dare Bob Dylan, this terrible character in this terrible video, yell at this woman who clearly he fell for because she was a manic pixie dream girl. And then she's doing annoying manic pixie dream girl shit and you're yelling at her for it. Okay? I know it so gets old, far. but this is who you chose. Okay, <laughs> And clearly, you hold a torch for her because you go to foreign shores and you still want to be with her. So how dare you make her run slow-mo into the street? Okay, I yeah. know she's annoying, but you didn't have to turn into a ghost. Totally. And some say she's still slow mo to this day, just running <laughs> in the streets. It's so bad. Uh, but finally, at the end of at the end of it all, we get who I thought originally was going to be the waiter saying, hey, sir, can you please leave the right. fucking studio space? Like, we got to clean up your mess. Um, it I, turned thought out so to too. Know, I thought it was a random guy. Just like, I, me too. But it turns out to be Mike Campbell ready to go. Bob Dylan, acoustic guitar again, not really even in the song possibly. And Bob is playing this acoustic guitar. But don't worry, because we're definitely going to pretend we plugged in Mike Campbell, who is going to solo uh, alone with Bob. It's so cute. They're just like sitting next to each other. <laughs> like, playing. And now it's like, oh, that bench really got its day. I mean, honestly, the winner of this entire music video is definitely the bench. You know, okay. I was so worried at the beginning and it really got closure at the end. So it's the only thing with an arc. You know, I will yeah, always remember sure. the bench. It's great. Did you notice at the very beginning? I didn't notice this until like the third time I watched it. That dude, Mike Campbell, apparently uh, was at the very beginning of the video. 
Because it shows it shows Bob sitting on the bench, and then for two frames, it cuts to him next to a popcorn machine. Mike Campbell next to a popcorn machine, and then back to Bob singing. I was like, "What the fuck was that?" That's why I missed it the first wow. time. So I was like, "Foreshadowing." What? Okay, this just turned into one of the greatest <laughs> music videos we've ever seen. Like, come on, this is Bob Dylan. Kelly is yes, a genius, clearly. a musical maestro. Clearly. Uh, yeah, thanks, Mike Campbell. I mean, your contribution is definitely dope. I, I enjoyed the solo, um, and it reminded me yeah, a lot of Sweetheart Like You, just you know, doing the solo live, and we're just like not cutting away. You know, today we wouldn't even show the musicians because we'd be having a, a real fun, zany adventure. You know, doing stuff instead of whatever the fuck this is. But um, it was cool that we just had time in the '80s to like really yeah. watch solos. So. I appreciate, I appreciate that. And Campbell's a great guitarist. I've seen Heartbreakers, you know, all that kind of shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this video, very strange. Um, you uh, d- and you don't like it as good as Night Comes Falling or which one of the two of the of the I guess not a trilogy. What is it of the two films that we watched? Which one would you prefer to watch forever in hell? <laughs> Well, in hell, I think thematic, like, you would have to go with this one just because you'd be punished by hearing the song. Now, am I just watching the video or do I have to hear the song? Mm. I think you have to hear the song, you know? Okay. Well, then absolutely not this one. Yeah. When the night comes falling, this guy is better on every level. The song is better and the video is more entertaining. This is not that bad. I, uh, and I know people are going to be mad, probably including you. So prepare no. yourself. Good, good. I like this video as dumb as it is. Uh, more than like Joker Man, because okay. at least I don't have to crash zoom see his face singing so close to me. It's sure. too intimate. I hate it. Like at least there's some distance, and he is playing the guitar, which is good and distracting. But like, I don't know. And and like I get it. They were definitely trying for a little bit of an artistic angle. And honestly, while it would have been maybe more boring, not cutting to her doing that little rope swing thing would have been better. Just stay there. This just yeah. embrace it. You want to do this like. We're just watching Bob Dylan play the guitar, and it's this little moment. Just embrace that, man. Just do that. You can still have Ghost Girl in the corner, and I think it works even better if you never add any character to it. It's just the ghost slowly (laughs) rotating in the corner. I think today you would have done that, you know, and you know, and it would have looked better, been better, because I mean, it was really dark. So I think it is up in the air on whether it's real or it's a manufactured image put in. I mean, it could have been Mm -hmm. a combination of both: an image put in, but they really did a physical effect, but they couldn't do it at the same time as Bob. Because, I mean, just from what we know about Bob, he's an irascible scoundrel, right? I mean, he's not going to give you what you want. So this poor girl could not, like, legally, contractually, every single every single way possible, could not sit up in that fucking uh, swing for 16 hours that it could have taken for Bob to just get through the song one time. Like, they couldn't yeah. have done that to her. So it was probably practical, but I doubt it was on the same stage with Bob. Yeah, Except yeah. for maybe a minute, because even when they were sort of like vaguely sharing the same space, it was very quick. Like the, you know, the first pan over was like, all right, we can get Bob just looking because we don't yeah, we won't show him playing guitar. He could just be sitting. So, you know, that's my that's my thing. But, yeah, no, I, I definitely prefer when the night comes falling, mainly because we get the story. I like the woman running away from Bob. That's always good. Get away from him as quickly as possible. <laughs> get away from the earring. You have to leave. Um <laughs> And so, like, I definitely prefer all of that. And I like to think that it's a continuation, but, man, this story is just paltry. There is no other information that I can find. So, you know, fuck it. It is what it is. And the Elizabeth Taylor thing is really weird because we see her at the end. She's a part of the debris. It's just this photo of, what is her, Angela Vickers from 1951's 
a place in the sun. Why? So weird. I just so don't weird. understand. Kelly, does this song, music video included, work in the year of our Lord, 2021? You know, I almost want to say yes because the OJs did something with it, but that was in 93, and that song sounds, or I don't know, early 90s. I don't know why I said, I just picked 93. But, well, 92 was but, his performance. I mean, like, they probably made a record right around that time, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I could just look. Oh, that was the album was called Emotionally Yours from 1991. 91, okay. Yeah, so it definitely sounds like then, but it does sound more modern than Bob's version. I mean, I don't even know if modern is the right word. That thing is such a mess. But, you know, I don't really know the state of modern or like right now, uh, adult contemporary. I don't know. Mm. Are the Michael McDonald's kind of what? what is today's equivalent of that? You know what I mean? Like, does that exist? Maybe not. You know why? You know why it might not? Because, like, it's a generational thing, right? Like, as people got older or whatever, either they grew up with those artists who then got older and changed their style, or, like, they got older and they start, wanted to listen to different music that was a little more soft and gentle or something. Who knows? But, like, every every generation has its thing, its sound, right? So maybe our adult contemporary is, like, you know, Snoop Dogg. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, not well, quite that. But No, no, I, I get it. I get it. Well, and it's also, like, the idea of growing older and becoming a little bit more chill and... I mean, Bob even tried that stuff with the Bobby Darren and, you know, uh, Tony Bennett shit, you know, back in 2015 Mm. to 17 with Triplicate and stuff like going back to that songbook for me is kind of the same. You know, you're taking on this very laconic vibe that old people are supposed to have. I don't know. I I know Michael McDonald and stuff are not old, but they sound old. Right. I mean, Michael Bolton and stuff. That's what you're talking about. Right. Like, yeah, Michael McDonald's old as shit. They're all old. What are you talking about? They're super old. Yeah, but were yeah. they old back in the eighties? I mean, Bolton wasn't old. Yeah, Blaze not old. But I would say, but again, I would say that those are those. But maybe they're not technically. So I don't know. What is Michael Blue Blay? Oh, he's jazz. He's contemporary jazz. Jazz. I mean, yeah, he man. just sings on. I mean, not not. My oh yeah, jazz. I guess it's he ain't my it's, jazz. Well, I mean, vocal jazz, but like. Yeah, but hardly. I don't know. He's just like I don't. I get what you're saying, but. Yeah. I mean, what would you call so. Sinatra? Because that's 100% who he apes is Sinatra. So whatever you would call Sinatra, he's I bad. mean, back in the day, they called it Blue-Eyed Soul because they're white people singing soul songs. Oh. But <laughs> I mean, enough. and it is a genre. <laughs> but like, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, I mean, because today, if you play somebody Sinatra, I don't know, they might be into it, but they could easily dismiss it as like, oh, this is like shit from the fucking 1910s, 40s. you know? I mean, it's a, <laughs> I know, but like they would just collapse time so much to be like, this is 100 right. years old, right? And it's like, oh, sure. no. He lived till 1998, but sure. Um, so I don't know. That's a great question. And you know what? I will not be exploring the world of adult contemporary. So I will never know. Yeah. So no is my answer. I mean, this song could be covered by any one of those people. And I would think, well, that, okay, oh, that's, so, that's right. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Because like this song as it exists, the Bob Dylan version, absolutely not. Does not work. It never worked. This should be removed from the time. Uh, but... I was trying to think even myself, like, how would I cover this song? Is there any way to fix this? Could you make it sound contemporary? What could you do? And I could not come up with anything. I just, like, really no. couldn't. That could keep the essence of the song, yeah. you know, enough that it's recognizable and make it sound good and like it belongs today. So I, I have to say no. Yeah. My very long, convoluted answer is no. Yes. Mine won't necessarily be as long, but I will add more to it than just no. No. Because this song <laughs> sucks. And it sucked uh, two years ago when we listened to it with uh, Empire Burlesque. And it sucks more today. I mean, again, back then, we got to at least kind of glide over it. 
and here you actually have to like listen and our playlist is fire we'll talk about that in a minute but this song is not very good and i was just thinking while i was you know preparing for the show i was like I'm just like trying to pontificate and I'm like, music has a lot of purposes. Uh, and then I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I, I understand wanting to grade it on a curve, right? Because we just talked about it all contemporary. The idea of this song and like you having a Bob Dylan song as an adult contemporary, that's got a little bit of clout, right? Even if it's a dumb song like this, it's still a Bob Dylan song. And then I got to thinking like, I don't want to grade Bob on a curve. I don't want to say that he was in this period or whatever. Like this song has to go up against Highlands. It has to go up against like a Rolling Stone. It can't just skirt over here. So compared to like the rest of Bob Dylan, this song absolutely is terrible. This song is not good. (laughs) Uh, Michael Gray in the Bob Dylan Encyclopedia, again, just master of shade. He is like, I'm going to compare this song to one of my favorites, a song by the name of Spanish Harlem Incident, and totally unfair. I mean, he only does it you know, in a sense to dunk the fuck out of it because that is a perfect song and this is a piece of garbage. But he also illustrates a lot of great points that we talk about all the time, which is Bob Dylan, he's written these songs before and they're so much better when there's specificity and when there's like something a little bit more mysterious and intriguing. And we talked about it with Death Is Not The End. He talks about being friends or whatever and missing his friends. And there's a line in there that reminded me of a song in the summertime from 1981 shot of love. And we talked about it on that episode mainly because death is not the end is so bad, but I don't, I think it's worse than this actually. But, um, but we talked about like two, you can look at this, him talking about the same concept in two different ways. One is filled with cliches, the other with a little bit of mystery and a little pizzazz. What would you rather have? And that's where we're at here. This song has been said before by Bob, but this is the worst version. And to me, it sounds dated in 1985, because even the people today, churches and everybody who's using those synth sounds are not using Bob's synth sounds. They're using more successful yeah. artists in that regard over there. The ones that came to their emotional or their um, artistic peak in the late 70s, early 80s, right? Those are the people that are going to be at the cutting edge. Bob Dylan did not. He he was on a decline at this point. So you can't expect them to be ready to go with the synths, right? I mean, he was cutting edge for his time the 60s and 70s and so i want to give him a little bit of slack there but you know the man's got to eat so he made this record it sucks fuck it All right, Kelly, we are a real podcast, and it is hot out there, but you can always cool down by listening to Sign on the Window, which is what you're doing right now. Remember that time we did a slip and slide into summer thing? Nobody wants to do that anymore. Nobody wants summer anymore. We're not even really in summer yet, right? It's like the world is going to hell, and we are live casting through a Bob Dylan podcast, (laughs) the slow destruction of our planet. That's right. You can find us at... Instagram, Twitter, you know, all of the things that are going to become sentient and help us take down planet Earth. Um, We are there. We're going to contribute our words that will make it more powerful. 
and slowly take us down. So if you want to follow us at SOTW pod everywhere, if you want to give us a dollar, you can do that. Have an episode of the apocalypse um, in your name just for you. So you can uh, tell your friends that you are on a Bob Dylan podcast if you really want to do that. Yeah, Please. by going to patreon.com slash SOTW pod. That's right. Everywhere. Kelly, if you don't want to give us money, you can also listen to a playlist that we put on every single episode for every single song that we cover. You can find that on Spotify at See That My Playlist Is Kept Clean or search our website, SOTWpod.com. Every single episode has show notes and they all have links to the independent playlist that we do. Kelly, this playlist definitely, definitely helped make emotionally yours a little bit more palatable. Yes, it's the only way to listen to it, honestly. I mean, you don't have to listen to our playlist to listen to this song, but it's highly recommended. Oh, yeah. I mean, just give Empire Burlesque a rest and listen to this bad boy. Welcome back to our playlist universe. Drake for the sixth time. Emotionless. Great song. Uh, The great Phoebe Bridgers for only the third time so far, but we love her. Uh, Motion Sickness, Strangers in the Alps. Beautiful. What a great record. Smokey Robinson and the Miracles for the second time. I second that emotion. I think my favorite song on the entire playlist. That song is really, really, really good. It's very, very good. And mandatory. Come on. Mandatory. Absolutely. Uh, Mannequin Pussy for the third time. I feel like we talk about them now every single week at this point. Um, Emotional High. Yeah. Okay. So I remember how I can't remember anything. This is something I can't remember. I was like, God, this song is really good. I feel like. I've heard some of their stuff before, but I still haven't actually gone and listened to their, their music. So I like popped in. They're actually playing a show here if it, you know, everything goes according to plan at the Holocene on September 25th. So maybe try to go to that. But I'm going to actually try to listen to music next week. And that is hopefully what I listen to because it's so fucking good. They're so good. Well, shit, I plan to be there by then. So we should try to go see a show. Hell yeah. At some point in September, October. Oh, my God. Shows. Amazing. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen for the second time. Uh, emotion really mm-hmm. what do, do you have think call me call me maybe on one on which song oh no maybe someday so one earworm with another earworm you know apparently this album was really good good for her tom waits yeah. for the second time emotional weather report very strange song but i kind of like it uh alkaline trio for the third time fatally yours brand new song from king gizzard and the lizard wizard uh New album just came out. It's on my to listen playlist with a lot of other stuff. And this was on there. Yours one. Absolutely beautiful. So good. They're so talented. Uh, And then this is your episodic reminder, Kelly, to go listen to Marvin Gaye and what's going on, because I'm sure you haven't done that yet. Uh, We have Marvin Gaye for the sixth time. (laughs) I'm yours. You're mine. Next week. Enjoy another Marvin Gaye song, because I'm sure I'm just going to keep putting it on until (laughs) Kelly listens to what's going on. This is how I'll remind you and push you towards the projects that you are looking forward to doing. Ah. Welcome to the playlist for the very first time. Uh, the 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 one off record from the X Ray Specs. Oh, oh bondage up yours. Amazing. So good. Uh, Mustawa Alley Cat Jazz. Random. Very strange. I was worried about this Alley Cat thing. If you listen to the whole expanded universe from us, Kelly and I, we've got a whole thing about cats and. I thought, is that, a, are you referencing no, you did, Jellicles? You, what are we oh doing God, here? Oh, God. No, no. I mean, alley cat cabbages. I mean, is that what we're doing here? No. <laughs> no. Uh, you didn't see what I did again. I did E, Motion, Alley. And how, the, the only song, when I hear the words alley cat, mercifully, I don't think of the cursed play 
turned movie. Uh, I always think of um, Stray Cat Strut or whatever. Cause they got cat class and they got cat style. Whatever. Oh, but um, X-Ray Specs reminded me. Did you know? Because the only reason I even knew this was a band was because like two years ago you came across them. Uh, Delta Five. Oh yeah. They got a song. They got um, the. Mind, Mind your, your own, own business. business. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. They just got that song is now on an Apple commercial. Really? And so they've blown up. That song has like 28 million listens Damn. now out of fucking nowhere. But I was just like, you guys don't know. How did this happen? How did you? What What happened? So that's really, really cool. Anyway, that reminds me, you know, just because like old, old punk kind of stuff. Older so, punk. Yeah. yeah Proto punk or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, Delta five, I heard them in uh, Lawrence bar way back in the day. And that bass on doom, 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 doom. It's like, that's fucking rad. And yeah, that would have been 2010. So yeah, no, they're good for them. I mean, making yeah, the residuals like good, good for them. Yeah, definitely go listen. Go listen to them. Mind your own business. Hell yeah. Uh, Little Baby, Emotionally Scarred. I actually genuinely enjoyed that song. That was pretty great. Uh, the OJs, of course, Emotionally Yours, who we talked about. Uh, the only palatable version of this song you should ever listen to yes. again. Uh, Trevor Morris from the Tudor soundtrack, An Emotionally Detached King. Pretty good. What was that about? You just wanted to... Emotional. <laughs> Emotion. I, I mean, I... I... I know emotionally even (laughs) it's right there (laughs) I had a friend who really loved the tutors when it was on I mean this would have been 2009 2010 yeah um the innocence mission brand new from last year on your side um Mm. and then I'm gonna butcher two things at once right here um are we going super French with Jacques Jacques like what are we doing and E. <laughs> right? I, like, I don't know. So I think we're too old to pronounce these things correctly. It's probably just E. It's probably what the title is. Just E. Maybe. But, I don't know. but here we are. And then finally, to close off for the first time, weirdly, Cold War Kids, uh, Mine Is Yours, which is a good song, but not a good album. So um, I do enjoy that, though. Kelly, this was a good playlist. Congratulations yeah. for another yeah. award winning, perfect playlist. Oh, Congratulations sort of. to you. We, we try we try very hard we try very hard we are also trying our best in the world that we know and what would you suggest for people out there in the midwest we have the ac turned on out in the west it is incredibly hot and yeah. i fear the fires to come I know. um what would you suggest for somebody out there right now to take their mind off of how terrible the world is well i would suggest very seriously, uh, if you haven't already, go buy yourself a HEPA filter because as soon as the fires start, they're going to be gone again. Uh, I already bought two, one for my house and then one for uh, my mom. I'm moving her up here and I bought a trailer for her. So, um, yeah, I just know it's it's going to be bad this year. I'm shocked, frankly, that one hasn't already kicked off because of that how hot so it is. But I'll be, I, I won't be surprised if before the heat wave ends that, you know, it happens. So, yeah, definitely go buy yourself a HEPA filter if you were on the West Coast immediately. Um, but in uh, less news that matters and things that I've been doing, uh, <laughs> I haven't listened to any music because I don't do that anymore. Oh, um, good. I, I mean, I listen to, <laughs> I listen to my, like, my release radar and I'm always listening to the, the Spotify pollen playlist um, because oh, yeah. it's just always, always good. But beyond that, I couldn't tell you really other than like Don Richards' entire album is going to just slowly be on my release radar, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy that. And there's still random French rap and I just like, I don't, <laughs> we'll skip. Jacques oh, probably it. doesn't help. Yeah. 
And then like really bad dance tracks. I don't know what the fuck I did. You listen. You have one week yeah. where you like nostalgically listen to drum and bass, and then your shit's fucked forever. Apparently, I don't know. Whatever. I'm waiting but, for you to give up on the. Uh, I've actually given up on Release Radar and my yeah. daily play. It just it never works anymore. It's good. You know, yeah. it's just like not good. So. Whatever. But I I mean I blame our podcast entirely for. Yeah, me too. Why I blame it for good. lots of stuff. Forest fires. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was that definitely awesome? <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, so I'm still watching Search Party. I'm almost through season mm. three. It's still excellent. Um, a couple of YouTube channels. There's one called Toy mm. Galaxy, uh, okay. Dan, hosted by Dan Larson, hosted and written by Dan Larson. I think there's just one other guy who does the filming and editing, but it's so good, really well produced. It's about um, it's he's a huge toy collector, but I don't watch any of his toy stuff. Although I did watch one of his like top ten lists just because it was fun. But like his channel all started exclusively about toys you know yeah um if you watch the docuseries on netflix called toys that made us uh, which i really enjoyed and then they also made a subsequent movies that made us this is like a great blend of that and i think he was first which i feel really bad for him because like he was doing this way before netflix did it and it's really slick it's not the netflix money obviously but i mean it is what it is that that always happens and whatever but yeah if you like toys that made us uh i think you'll really enjoy this he does um pop culture from the 80s and 90s mostly like cartoons and tv shows and and some movies like i just watched one about buck rogers in the 25th century um but the, he did like pizza cats he did like all kinds any show you can think of from the 80s like gi joe's like all those classic things that made toy toy lines that's the whole thing that was the in like how he kind of crossed over it was all these iconic toy lines in their associated properties so really great i would highly recommend it toy galaxy um and then I don't think I've talked about this before, but Stacia got me into watching Steve 1989 off MREinfo.com. So this guy, Steve. Oh, right. Yes, we watched uh, this. I think his last name is Thomas or something like that. Um, but he eats MREs, which are meals ready to eat that are basically military rations for militaries throughout the, the world. Like he just, this is, I don't know why this is a thing. And like a lot of mystery has unfolded. So prepare yourself. So. He eats really old rations from America, like World War II shit. He'll open a can of something that will probably kill you, and he'll eat part of it. It's really fucking crazy, and I don't know why he's into it. Stacia and I just coming, like, she found this because it was, like, a soothing YouTube channel that was recommended. Because he is really soothing. He's got a calming voice. He's just talking nicely about the food that he's eating. We just assumed that he was a military vet because, like, why the fuck else would you be into this? This is so bizarre. But he's not. And not only is he not a vet, he's not the only one there's a whole community of people that do that but steve 1989 is by far the most uh like famous like he has the most subscribers and the most viewers yeah. um millions millions of people watch this guy eat old food it's so weird but it's totally a thing so station and i we went to mreinfo.com which is where this is all from this all started just to these thousand people that are just really into this made their own message board, mreinfo.com, where they could exchange bizarre rations and just like trade each other. Like people are collectors. People collect all kinds of shit. Right. These people collect old food. So we went to the boards to see if you could actually buy like some of this weird shit that people were doing and just kind of get a price. Because we were like, how much has this guy been spending on this stuff? Because he's been doing it his whole life. And he doesn't have any ads on his videos. He is not making any, he is not monetizing this in any way. He's just doing it because he's a weirdo who loves doing it. I'm sure he might be making money in some way, shape, or form now from YouTube somehow. I don't know, but like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever he's doing. If he has a Patreon, he's never mentioned it. And I don't think that he does. So just for the love of the game, man, that's all he's doing it for. 
So when we went to MREinfo.com, this is about two months ago, Stacia stumbled across this post that was like, hey, has anyone else been contacted by HBO? And I was like, what the fuck? Wow. So they are definitely making a documentary about Steve and about these people. It's definitely going to happen. And I was like, Stacia's like, I don't know. It might not happen. It might have just been a weird one-off thing. Or maybe they were thinking about it. And then... Two weeks ago, a New York Times article came out about Steve, Emmy made in Japan, which is another, she does MRE and uh, stuff, but she also does a lot of cooking. We've watched her also for the last couple of months. Uh, we had no idea they knew each other, but then we, we saw she did a ration video and she mentioned Steve by name. I was like, what the fuck? And then one other random guy. And I was like, this is definitely fucking happened. happening yeah. so you've heard it here first Dude. there's absolutely gonna be an mre slash steve 1989 documentary you're gonna have to point. explain this later to like a friend and be like you know oh hey come out kelly have some fun you're gonna be like sorry i gotta go watch a military ration hbo documentary <laughs> yeah. everyone's gonna be like what and be like no i'm at the fucking cutting goddamn edge of this guy <laughs> oh no you showed it to me the one where he ate the stuff in the boer war yeah yeah you know which is pro- probably the longest ago you could possibly go and it was fascinating. And honestly, when I'm trying to explain to people what I'm trying to do with podcasts and stuff out here in South Dakota, people who don't know what a podcast is or how I record and where does it go, I bring up stuff like his channel. And I'm like, people, millions of people watch somebody eating military rations. Like, mm-hmm. people will do anything. We're yeah, weird. We are. Like, incredibly strange. Everybody who listens to this podcast, you're a fucking weirdo. Yeah. And I love it. So, yeah, that was super cool. I mean... I that that was really entertaining. Well, he so, maintains the him. reason he does it, and I think it's really cool. And I do believe him when he says it. He's like, "This is the closest you can get to time traveling. I can eat this thing from 1942, and that's pretty much exactly how it tastes. Depending on what the item is, exactly how it tasted in 1942, and that's insane. Like, you shouldn't be able to do that. That's so cool. So I like that aspect about it. He's definitely a little bit of a weirdo. Shocker, because uh, like if you go back to his really old videos, he says some like eh, that's a Okay, weird things, but like as and the Boer War one should have been twenty minutes, not forty five. Yeah. Like you could cut out the constant like, should I eat more? Should I not eat more? Yeah, yeah right, I'm gonna eat some more. <laughs> like, okay, just like get that into a good take and like let's move on. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a weird thing, and then spiraling out more because of Steve. He films some of his videos in front of this little shrine he's created that's got a bunch of his old MRE stuff, but also weird, just like generic military stuff. And in a, he was doing this thing throughout because we're watching them sequentially uh where he had a, a random album cover up behind him so i was like oh that's fucking frank zappa what the shit and then i was like oh that's uh uh phil collins and i was like oh so it's all like weird like 70s and 80s stuff but then uh something became a permanent fixture and it was a seven inch single called young blood by none other than bruce willis and i was like for multiple videos, I was just like, yeah, he's eating food. I was like, is that fucking Bruce Willis behind him? Because that looks a lot like Bruce Willis. And it says, it, I think that font says Bruce Willis, but that can't be possible because there's no way that Bruce Willis ever made music. But then I was like, I have to know. I literally cannot watch a second more of this until I find out. And I went on Discogs and sure enough, motherfucking Bruce Willis released at least two albums. One in 1987 and one in 1989. The one from 87 is called Return of Bruno. The Return of Bruno, sorry. And the other one is called, If It Don't Kill You, It Just Makes You Stronger. So, they're terrible. They are terrible. Imagine John McLean, because he does not sing, he talks sings. 
just singing a song. John McClane just running through, running away from German terrorists, yeah. just being like, yeah, I'm a young boy, I'm out for blah, blah, blah. Like, imagine a Bob Dylan song that's terrible from the 80s, but yeah. it's Bruce Willis talk singing through it. And I just, like, lost so much respect for him. Young blood. Yes, it is. I just, not that I really care about Bruce Willis, but I mean, like, the movies he's been in have been fine, and he was like a big, I was like, I don't like you. I can't believe that you It was early. It was early. He's trying to cash in. I guess, man, but it's bad. Do yourself a disservice and go listen to. The influx of randos who are just like, I could make a career. I could could do this. Uh, Have you heard Bob Dylan recently? Have you heard Emotionally Yours? Come on. (laughs) The dude's on Columbia. Like, just like, let me, let me riff a bit. It can't be worse. And I mean, like, you know that they they just, it's just a a great, I'm sure, recording studio band that just, you know, was like, okay, we'll make, we'll make some music for you. Sure. Why the fuck not? And then Bruce Willis. We'll take the money. We'll take that paycheck. I mean, come on. Anyway. Wow. And then just uh, quickly, we watched the new Disney Plus movie, Luca, yesterday, which is like about a, it's basically The Little Mermaid, uh, but a little bit different. Um, And it's set in Italy in like the 50s. Well, it's a whole like race of fish people. They're just, they're called sea monsters. But the second they hit land, they turn into people people. But if they get wet, they turn back into sea monsters. So you could see the kid who wants to go explore land. Oh no, I got wet. People know I'm a sea monster now. Crisis, crisis. But then it's cute and it's fine. It's actually made by Pixar. Um. So it's it's pretty oh. quality. Oh, it's a animated. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's animated. I don't know why I thought it was <laughs> live action. Yeah, fair enough. That would be a lot of yeah. of makeup and stuff to do. Although it would all be CG, CG now anyway. So who cares? Well, wow, that's but yeah. That, that's that. Sorry, that's a lot. No. Anyway, well, the rising of the oceans. I mean, Luca is definitely going to be around uh, soon. Uh, I've mm-hmm. listened to a lot of new music this week. Unlike Kelly. Um, one of my favorite bands, Free Throw, came out with a new record called Piecing It All Together. It's fantastic, as, as always. Um, someone named Faye Webster, uh, an album that's pulling up right now called I Know I'm Funny, Haha, is really good. It's like uh, country, you know, slow. I mean, very slow, but, you know, lyrically very, I don't know. It, it's good. I really enjoy it. Because we are living another day on Earth, of course, it's another Mountain Goats release day. <laughs> So Mountain Goats oh, uh, came out with a new album this week called Dark in Here. And I got to say, it's it's definitely of the last couple, the best out of them. I was I was looking online just because I'm like curious, as I always am. Every time they come out, I'm like, what do Mountain Goats fans, because there's tons of them, really think about these? And a lot of people were saying this is the best they've done since like Goths back in 2013. So <laughs> and I like I mean, I really, really liked it. The the. You know, in quarantine, they they went back to their old style. Um, the one from like March of that year was like, um, you know, recorded on a boombox like they did back in the day. So right. it, it kind of there was a little bit of that kind of stuff. But this one was recorded at Muscle Shoals, where Bob Dylan recorded um, the Christian records, um, Saved and um, um, Slow Train Coming. Uh, and it's wonderful. I mean, the, the musicians down at Muscle Shoals are incredible and the sound that he gets out of, out of the band is like really unique to the mountain goats and he has some songs about alabama too like being on the coast there it's like i don't know it makes it feel really cool and feel very immediate like here's what's happening and i guess he recorded it pre-quarantine last year in march of 2020 but he's just releasing it now so it's kind of one of those things with him i'm sure where it's like i've got an album fucking queued up 
you know, like we do podcasts. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I just queued up for next year or the next Mountain Goats. You know, I got three releases going on. It's we're all good. Um, Tyler, the creator came out with a new record. Haven't listened to it yet. Modest Mouse came out with a new record. Haven't listened to it yet. So those are two that I'll, I'm sure I'll recommend next week. Um, happy 50th birthday to Blue, Joni Mitchell's Blue. They they released a um, a, a slim EP, five songs from her sessions, you know, demos and outtakes and stuff like that. And it was really cool. It's cool to hear her singing songs that um, didn't have the lyrics finalized and stuff. And it made me realize too, with Joni, especially like, She's great, and I'm sure there's a lot of archival stuff, but maybe there's not, actually. Like, it's weird to have Blue come out at a 50th anniversary and only have a, a couple songs. I'm like, did she really come in? I mean, she probably, unlike Bob, came into the studio prepared, knocked that bitch out, and left, right? And so there's not a lot of demos, because I find it strange that there's only five, right? Why not make a big collection and put it all together in one big anniversary edition but they might not have had any you know unlike bob who kind of just like meanders on songs forever so i don't know but the but the volume's pretty cool the songs are very close to being done and that's pretty cool to see but yeah that's that's it wow kelly this is music video month so blessedly you do not have to do anything because i've already got you lined up for next week Thank God. I have to get out of this. Yes. And after uh, this terrible episode, after this terrible song, (laughs) Emotionally Yours, we are going to go to a much better song and a much cooler video from only a couple of years later. Unfortunately, we are sort of hemmed in timeline wise. Like we're not going to be able to go to the 70s. We can't really go to the 2000s. So so we are going to be going to 1993 where we kind of just were with Jack Rowe. We're going to be going to another Bob Dylan cover, but he has a music video for it. For a song, a great song called Blood in My Eyes, um, uh, performed firstly by the Mississippi Sheiks. So we're going to talk about the Sheiks. We're going to talk about Blood in My Eyes. And we are going to watch Bob Dylan in a top hat walk around, I assume the streets of London, but I'm not quite sure, as people are like, hey, is that Bob Dylan? So we're going to have a great time next week. And hopefully it'll be a whole lot cooler than it is right now. Kelly, you survived your coffin. Now it's time to leave. I know. Thank God. Okay. So, well. sorry, sorry for all of this, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you, you next listening. week for a much better song. A much better song. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Off with you now.